happy Friday, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Happy Little Accidents, and I'm your host, Kyra. So on this week of Happy Little Accidents, we're going to be talking about Blanche versus Coombs, and this case has everything to do with copyright and fair use. Now, this case is from 2006 and went through the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit and involves photographer Andrea Blanche brought a case and um, it was against the defendant Jeff Kuhn, the visual artist, before the federal district court on charges of breach of the 1976 copyright legislation. Now, I've talked a lot about um, 1976 copyright legislation, but it's just so interesting how different cases interpret a law differently. And I think this is really why we're exploring it on Happy Little Accidents. So the Guggenheim and um, pretty much the Guggenheim Foundation was involved as one of the defendants by the complainant since they commissioned a particular work of art in question, right? And so now the issue of this whole case is, was the theory of fair use valid when an artist, for example, Coons, incorporates a copywritten uh, picture in a collage? Now, the copyright of the August 2000 edition of Allure magazine was owned by Blanche in Silk Sandals by Gucci. Silk Sandals, that's the name. So silk sandals is actually a close-up of legs, and the legs are lowered. You see the feet of a lady. She's relaxed on the lap of a man. And one of these pieces, um, Niagara, which contained a rotated picture of silk sandals, legs, and feet, missing the original photo background, is what is called into question right now. And so Niagara was commissioned by the Guggenheim Foundation and another um, well-known bank. Coons if you don't know, Jeff Koons, the well-known American artist who deals with popular, popular culture, sculptures, and they portray common themes. So um, a lot of people know balloon dogs. So balloon uh, creatures are made from stainless steel and they're finished with mirrors. And Kuhn has a history of being charged m- numerous times with copyright violations of his use of, you know, pre-existing uh, pictures and other creative works. And so the thought about this is... Similar to what we talked about previously with fairy is we're working with artists who have a pattern of behavior. And this isn't the first time they've ever done this. So with Niagara, it was a it was part of a seven picture sequence for Kuhn's exhibition, Easy Fun Ethereal. And in order to make the paintings for Easy Fun Ethereal, Kuhn's used pictures of ads or photographs of his own. So he simply scanned them onto a computer and then digitally chopped them, manipulated them, and overlaid them. And the images are uh, taken from pastoral backdrops. He then printed colored pictures from his assistants uh, from the resulting collages to be used as templates for putting paint on canvases. Now, the collage specific to Niagara had a cut from the magazine uh, Allure, and that was of Blanche's silk sandals. Um, So I think we really need to kind of question, what is the court focusing on here? in this case. Now, the judges uh, were focusing on the first criteria of fair use, the object and nature of the work of Coons. Now, Coons was not arguing this time that his Niagara artwork was satire. He contended rather that it was, or that it had transformative aim and nature. Um, But infringement proceedings had been filed by Blanche, in part because of the determination that the use of silk sandals from Coons was fair use. 
and the district court awarded the defendant summary judgment. So the assessment of whether a work is transformative is whether it only replaces the item in the original design or utilizes the original work as a raw matter and adds something new with a different purpose or character, uh, modifying the first by a new expression. So it's not just repackaging uh, Blanche's silk sandals, it's more than that. And the court had failed to identify a transformational usage where the defendant had done nothing more than finding a new method to harness the creative qualities of the original work. So it's crucial that Coons did not simply claim that although Blanche's work was a photograph or that Blanche's photograph had been uh, exhibited in a fashion magazine and that Coons paintings had been shown in museums, we need to remember that this case was not brought forth as a parody issue. Instead of a parody, the court found that Niagara was, was more generally a satire, and they seem to be addressing its message more closely than their own photographs by um, the kind that's typically of silk sandals. <clears throat> so Kuhn's picture replica was indeed reasonable when measured according to its objective and in the light of the uh, quantity and quality and the value of the material being utilized. And it was determined by the court to communicate uh, the picture to the viewers. Now, Kuhn's appropriation of the image was designed to be transform transformational, like I've mentioned previously, because it could not accurately describe the presentation of the artwork as a commercial exploitation and a lack of ill confidence. Now, and the thing is that according to judgments dealing with fair use, the argument then came not whether Coons expressively commented on the work of Blanche, but if he had uh, adequately or he had adequate justification to utilize the particular work of Blanche's to accomplish his trans transformative or um, you know satire-like aim. Now, in Kuhn's words, the ubiquity of the photograph is central to his message. In addition, he said that the photograph is typical of a certain style of mass communication. So he was really capitalizing on the fact that this image appeared in a lore. And I think this is a central theme that we're seeing with this piece and just this case in general. He actually went on to explain by using specifically the image in Allure, he was commenting not only on society, the pose, but the demographic that Allure speaks to. Kuhn's argued, or his argument was accepted by the court. And although in the past cases, um, somewhat similar to Kuhn's motives for using puppies, right, which I've mentioned previously, uh, the court allowed far greater discretion in this transformative usage situation. But if we keep moving forward, the third fair use element was another essential consideration. And that's when we're looking at the size and substance of the part utilized with respect to the copyright work as a whole. Now, this is extremely important to consider when we're looking at, um, you know, kind of really deep diving into the collage of Coons. So, in the context of his claimed purpose, the court found that Kuhn's copying of silk sandals was indeed acceptable. The decision of Kuhn from the backdrop of silk sandals um, to remove the legs, feet, and sandals was crucial. Blanche claimed that their photo aim was to display a kind of erotic sensibility to make the image more uh, sensible. Um, but I think what we're losing right here in this moment is uh, Kuhn's idea of editing the image 
in his likeliness and Blanche's, um, you know, ups, you know, disregard to the fact that by him doing that, he was uh, tainting her photograph. So Blanche had stated that his that her creative selection in the shot mirrored the backdrop, and her choosing for the cabin for the flight and her positioning of the legs on the male model's lap. But Coons had not stolen the creative center of her work and simply utilized what was necessary to produce a specific type of mastery and a specific type of communication that he was looking for. A communication that was typical to, you know, glossy women's magazines that often depicted a woman's legs in a uh, sensuous and sensible and sexual and you know desirable way. So um, the images that are almost comparable to them were presented in practically every magazine. And this is where we really see the case kind of going downhill in terms of the original artist because uh, Kuhn could essentially say that I could have taken any legs from any magazine and it would have I would have done the same exact thing. It wasn't your legs in silk sandals by Gucci. It was any legs. It just happened to be your leg because I saw it somewhere at the right time, right place. Now, uh, Blanche uh, was looking for permission, right? That was kind of like the premise of where these arguments were coming from. And as in the case with most artists whose works are ever modified by another artist, letting me know, letting as if I were the artist, can I use that work was what they were looking for. Now, Kuhn said that the work was inspired by um, a billboard he saw in Rome. In contrast, he tried, um, to, he said to remark on the fact that parts of our fundamental hunger for food, pleasure, and sex through uh, popular pictures, according to a choice, are uh, mediated by women's legs against the backdrop of food and scenery. So the court decided that although, although female legs are the focal point in the photograph of Blanche, the image is of little originality. So in addition, the court said that while looking at both artists, their aims and the use of the picture of Blanche differed greatly from those of Blanche while producing it. So Silk Sandals shows a transformational character of the usage of the reason of Coons versus the usage of Blanche, which the court felt they deemed correct. So in 1992, the Court of Appeals uh, affirmed a judgment that a Rogers copyright had been breached. So this is referring to Rogers versus Coons, and the accusation stated that Coons sent the Rogers uh, postal card with directions to his teams of craftsmen in Italy for the precise but three-dimension recreation of the picture. Um, I've mentioned this case before, but I think it's important to note. So the collage Niagara did not duplicate the complete work um, of Blanche. And I think this is what I'm bringing this up for because there's a difference in how Coons went about it. Moreover, uh, Niagara was really a collection. It united the legs of silk sandals. And it seems Coons then realized they had a stronger argument for their appropriation of artwork. And if you're saying or using it in the transformative or transformative fair use clause. Now, Blanche could not establish that the usage of Coons art was harmful to her. Finally, uh, his many disputes allowed the court to better understand the artistic function in our society of satire art. So the lesson learned here is really to have a well-defined adequate justification for utilizing the work of another person. Visual artists have to be extremely careful to include imagery from someone else in their own work. Uh, I talk about this 
on another episode, but graphic designers especially should pay particular attention to this because when developed for commercial um, objectives, the parody and the transformation fair use argument are less likely to win rather than the fine art graphic design, um, you know, should take a little bit extra precaution. So since when work has been made for commercial purposes or parody um, or even just transformative fair use arguments like are are going to be less likely to succeed than high art. If you cannot complete the, your work without duplicating the picture of someone else's, you should obviously try contacting the copyright or the owner of the copyright, right? And that obviously makes sense. A lot of times it seems like it's easier said than done. Um, so you shouldn't be duplicating a picture of someone else's work um, and, you know, asking a copyright attorney to, you know, advise you to guarantee your fair use claims is extremely important. And this is why we're talking about art law consistently on this podcast. So, for example, I really hear about the fictitious 20% rule, which is that the violation may be avoided if you alter the original image or piece or design, whatever it may be, by at least 20%. And that's actually not right because infringement isn't a mathematical formula. It's There's not some one plus two equals you're good to go. That's not how it works. Even a little quantity of copying might be infringed if the quality um, of the original work is copied. So photographs reflect a photographer's artistic choice. And this really includes posing, um, you know, lighting, perspective, composition. And many visual artists are not clear about this in my own experience. They believe that pictures can be copied by anyone. And I think with platforms like Google and Google image searches and just even, um, you know, making your background on your phone, on MySpace, Facebook, Instagram, and even you know, making a collage or cutting out pictures out of a magazine from, you know, elementary school. Um, copying an image without permission may be pretty, like, bad. So in the shot that was staged by Condé Nast Publishing Alerts publisher, Blanche photographed silk sandals. Um, Paul Cavaco, the creative director of Allure, recommended in that the image have like the model. He kind of recommended, um, you know, other aspects in terms of coloring, you know, nail polish being utilized. And Blanche took part in the selection of the camera, the film, the lighting, and the photographic composition. Right. So we're thinking about what really came to this photo. And Kuhn's argument is that, you know, similar to a lot of magazines, these two feet. These two female um, feet where you see the calves and, you know, the woman's legs is an image that we see a lot of times in mass media. But we downplay how often we see photographs because we are visual learners. And I think this is something really important that we can downplay it. But we also downplaying how important uh, photographs are in our day to day lives. So the Court of Appeals uh, confirmed the decision of the district court in view of the aim to communicate communicate the faith of the image to um, the photographer and the amount of uh, quality and importance of the material utilized. So the court actually concluded that duplicating the image may actually be fair. The court held that Kuhn's photograph or his collage of the photograph was reasonable. Kuhn's ownership of the photo was uh, supposed to be transformative as it was not possible to identify the presentation of the artwork as a commercial exploitation because ill faith was lacking. But Back to the question I had asked previously, was the, like, let's take a step back. Was the theory of fair use valid if an artist like Coons utilizes a photo copyright um, 
in a, a photo is copyrighted in a collage? And simply the answer is yes. But obviously there's so many moving pieces and there's so many arguments that can be taken in this case. That I think it's really important to think about, um, you know, I think we really need to think about photograph, photographs and photography in a different way, a more transformative way that allows us to understand exactly what goes into photography, but also how photography and fair use and copyright, especially in mass media, really are always interacting. And as someone who might be a photographer uh, versus someone who might be a multimedia artist, how your works may coincide and what that may mean in and outside of the courtroom. And before you go, make sure you check out my website, kyramarera.info, for more information and seeing my latest editorials. Check out my YouTube channel, Confessions of a Gallerina, and check out my Instagram, Confessions of a Gallerina, to see my daily art adventures. Hey.